The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. show but here's jessica hi welcome to the brandon peters show here's your host brandon peters hi it's me brandon peters with your guest jessica alsman hi it's jessica alsman it's great to be here on the brandon peters show yeah. thanks for having me brandon welcome back welcome back so great much to fun. be here it's been a while although people hear you every week multiple days a week actually they hear you Aww. monday Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. They hear you on YouTube. So they think or this the is an infomercial right now. Yeah, they, they probably think, think it's I'm... ad for the show. Stay tuned to after the show. So, how have you been? I am fantastic. Thanks for having me back on to talk about a movie that I thoroughly enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, th- we're talking about League of a League of Their Own today. A League that's, of Their Own. That's that's, that's, I, that yeah, that's at the top of the show. I guess oh, I should have said that. I'm a terrible announcer. So what have you been up to lately? Anything, any new and exciting adventures? Nothing really. I am still in the COVID world. I okay. used to travel for work and uh, kind of go all over the country. And I have not left the city in a long time. So I'm still working over at the Bob and Tom show. We've got another podcast going. I think every time I talk to you, there's you a have a new podcast. one. I was going to say that another podcast every time. This is the Bob and Tom Show Bits and Pieces podcast, which I can always cover in what else. So, but yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. The- <laughs> is that in the what else section? Am I jumping uh, you ahead? You can do it here. You can do that. Uh, you could save it for there if you'd like. But yeah, you know the show. That's great. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. now here's Brandon. Yeah, Sorry. they're. Yes, I, I like to, in a world where Brandon has a show. I use that one a lot. Uh, yeah, you every time I think every single time I've had you guest between this and the old show, you've had like a new show. Like it was, it, it feels like twelve shows ago was well we tried. Yeah. So since then, I think I've been a part of three, which three? is hilarious. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see, Dockheads, Fun Town, and now. Bits and Pieces podcast. There we but go. this one is more of a subcategory of the big show. So basically, they talk about old bits that the Bob and Tom show made over the years, like mm-hmm. you know, late 80s, early 90s. So some of them are bits that we don't even hear anymore and kind of go behind the curtain on them, the writing process. And you get to hear from Tom's son, Willie. Oh, which is fantastic. Because Willie was actually a kid when a lot of the stuff is being, you know, produced and created. So he's given behind the scenes thoughts on what Tom was going through. It's hilarious. Like, okay. Talking about a kid and how his dad's super panicky because there's a new bit he wrote. He's nervous about the, the cast hearing it. And it's a lot of fun. No, that's great. Like a nice deep dive. Listen, do you, you incorporate clips from do you have recordings of that stuff to throw back in? Yes. Okay. The whole catalog. Now they're still. Yeah. There's a whole lot. Like there's so much and we are trying to come up with different categories every week. Mm-hmm. And so like the last oh my gosh, the one that just came out, so when this airs, we dive into bits 
about farts. Oh, farts. There's a great song. (laughs) Actually, a couple of great songs. Mm -hmm. And one was uh, Who Cut the Cheese? And it is a basically a rap song. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I think Yep. Yep. I remember that one. Yes. There you go. So uh, you can check that out on the Bob and Tom Show Bits and Pieces podcast. Excellent. Wherever podcasts are found. And when that song was created, I was playing sports as a young girl, including softball. Oh, yeah. And just being a tomboy. And thus, I chose A League of Their Own to cover. (laughs) Right. Excellent. So let's get into A League of Their Own. This summer... Tom Hanks is managing the Rockford Peaches. Are you crying? There's no crying in baseball! Or are they managing him? Let's get something started! Oh, now, hey, on the field. Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Madonna. <laughs> Got him! A League of Their Own. Directed by Penny Marshall. Rated PG. Hey, who's the manager? I am! Special sneak preview Saturday at select theaters. Directed by Penny Marshall. And stars Gina Davis, Lori Petty, Tom Hanks, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, Anne Cusack, Anne Ramsey, John Lovitz, Bill Pullman, and David Strathern. You can look out. You can find Taya Leone as a glorified opponent on another team. And Harry Shearer, famous voice actor, you know, Spinal Tap, everything. He's the newsreel announcer in the film. It's about two sisters who join the first female professional baseball league and struggle to help it succeed amidst their own growing rivalry. This one for Penny Marshall comes between Awakenings and Renaissance Man. Directing that. I think it was a Connery movie. Yeah, Connery and Lorraine Baracco. Classic. I don't think it's a classic. But um, So yeah, Jessica, you said uh, League of Their Own, near and dear to you and many people's hearts. This is a legendary movie. But yeah, was it... I played softball and... Oh my gosh. I mean, I was icebox. So yeah, I played softball. You watch this and you're like, this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And when women are like, we can play baseball, we can do this too. It's like, yeah, just because you're a guy, you think you're better. Mm -hmm. Get all a little defensive there, but no, I was a pitcher. So I absolutely loved it. I thought I was kit. And every time I had a catcher, like my (laughs) catcher from basically elementary school, like little league through high school, she would play the Gina Davis part. So we do the whole oh. bit, you know, lay off the high ones. I like the high ones. Mule, nag. Oh, oh what girl great. didn't do this? If you played softball, for the love of God, if you played softball, you sang the song. The All-American oh. Girls. Oh, get a little emotional here. A little. <laughs> Takes you back. Did you have and one cosplay the, the military person and come in and tell someone's husband died? Or Can we? I don't think I ever realized the very beginning when Jimmy Dugan first walks into that locker room the first mm-hmm. time before his big P. Yeah. Betty Spaghetti is like, oh, I'm going to have him sign my husband's baseball <gasps> oh, card. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if anything happens to this card, George will come back from the Pacific and kill me. Oh, no, he won't. <laughs> and he rips so that depressing. card up. He does. There's a voodoo card. like. Oh, man. George is like, I ain't coming back now. Yeah. But that scene always... I cry every time. I don't know if it's the music or just the acting leading up to it. When she, when he just says, I'm sorry. Oh, every time well, I mean, I'm crying. I mean, it's perfectly set up. I mean, it's right after Kit gets traded and everybody, it looks like, oh, they're going to be fine. Happy with that. Look at him. I'm on. Oh, here comes coach. And then 
bam, just right in the gut. Oh man, the what is it? The telegram guy from the I'm from the war's office. I can't find official. whose name. Oh my god, I hate these messages. Hmm, someone's husband. Well, I gotta go find out the name. Good luck, have fun in your game. Yeah, like, and Jimmy's he, he, like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> he's trying to give Harvey a run for his money. His biggest skeezer. So, do you like Harvey? When it comes to the girl softball league, no, because he just doesn't seem to appreciate he's there for the quick buck or doesn't they're just a product to him not people yeah and because like like david strathern's character is like oh whoa 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 i mean they're really enjoying this they put hard work they do the and he's just man eh, well what do you think that he's like when the men come back but we also have to note that this is a fictional history of this event going on because I, I did research and it was like it's wildly fictional because like there was men's baseball pro baseball was going on at this time they bumped up minor leaguers to pro Mm -hmm. and and, um just brought other older people like retired baseball players stuff like that to fill in the major leagues and the the women's baseball league was immediately accepted and popular uh, apparently and it's only demise came when television started showing games and stuff and they weren't showing the women's games and people just stopped kind of going but there's a lot of uh conflicts in this that aren't historical or real i was kind of like oh it feels like it should be it feels genuine but yeah historically it's not it's kind of i think they try to touch on a lot of issues yeah maybe just women in general you know you have one player that's illiterate rosie o'donnell's character doris she's apparently in like a really bad relationship because the guy treats her crappy and madonna yeah, you know, all the way May. She's a little scandalous because she doesn't care. She likes the sex, and you know, back then, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. But I like what I like is the approach to the women. Is they do the they're, they're smokers. They go out and party, and they do, but they never scold them for it. Only like these prude characters feel that way. But the movie itself's like, look at these fun girls. Look at these girls mm-hmm. in power. Look at these girls who are in control. They can do it just as well. The men, they, they can go out and party too. They And they treat it as fun. They treat it as growth. They treat it as like a lot of, they never scold them. They never look down on any of them for any of their actions, which I think is good. The only people you see doing that are squares. <laughs> like Let me talk about one square. Okay. Miss Gulch, but Marla Hooch. First oh, off, yeah. We all love Marla Hooch. Right. That's like, if you played softball, you always had one girl in your team that could slug it. And when she got to bat, you'd either do the Marla Hooch, what a hitter. <laughs> or you'd say her name every time she's at bat. But my issue with Marla, Uh-oh. she loved baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Loved it. You take her to the Suds Bucket Roadhouse one time, <laughs> she gets liquored up, sings to Nelson. That's great. Then she leaves the league to go get married with Nelson. Are you kidding me? You love baseball that much. It's your first time playing professional. Your father is so proud of you. I mean, he Mm -hmm. had to beg John Levitz to take you from Fort Collins and you leave to go start a life of your own. That's BS. (laughs) I I think I don't believe it. I think part of the thing they're trying to say like with that, which is probably a bad message in itself is like, well, there's a guy who likes you. You might as well capitalize on that, Marla. Yeah, that's what I think it's saying. I know, it's but like, it's like, stick around. Well, Have yeah. him support you playing baseball. Yeah. Why maybe, should you change? Maybe she came back to the team next year. Who knows? But yeah, she does get married off quite fast. Because you see with Madonna and Rosie, they've got those guys in the crowd that they, mm-hmm. they keep leading them. 
leading them on and going. But yeah, they were there for baseball. I just couldn't believe out of all the women to leave for a guy, it was her. Dang it, Marla. Well, Dottie left for six games for a guy. So don't get me started on that. You're so selfish, Dottie. Why come back for the seventh game just to make sure Kit wins? Yeah, my that's my thing too. Like <laughs> we're gonna go all over the place here. That seventh. In, when I was a kid, and I, I saw this in the theater when it came out, and like I remember being like, yeah, Dottie's back. But then I watched it as an adult, I'm like, hey, asshole. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, like, I, it's exciting to have her back. There's a better way to bring her back like that. There's maybe making Bill Pullman look like more of a force keeping her from it, and then right. show, give us a scene where she tells him off, and he's like, you know what? Go play baseball. And have give us that before this happens, rather than, oh, she don't give a shit. She leaves and like, you know what? I'm going to come back and steal your catcher spot because even though you w- went hard these six games. Yeah. Alice, go wash your socks. It doesn't matter now. Or have a team vote whether they want her back or not. Like she just, but they seem to be okay with her leaving when she leaves. They're like, oh, my daughter. Have a good time. Right. Can't control her. Can't tell her what to do. Yeah. They got all the way to Yellowstone Park before she turned around. That is really far from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. You were almost back to Oregon. <laughs> right. That wasn't like we got here and I turned around, which no wonder it took six games for her to get back, I guess. Not that it takes days to drive. But right. Little. Well, I was reading, apparently the car that they drove in would never have made it that far or that fast. <laughs> Stantners. I'm like, come on. No, it's old car, old whatever. Like no one Well, I someone someone took the time for that trajectory and we're probably worse off for it. The bigger continuity that got spoiled for me was when Tom Hanks goes to make his, you know, his famous entrance into the locker room. Yeah. A 53 second P, which yes. is hilarious. One of my little pop-ups said Back then, the troughs that he would have peed in would not have water in it. So you wouldn't even be able to hear that sound. It's not like someone peeing into a toilet, you know, that's dubbed over. What if it was clogged? Yeah. I was just like, Maybe it was clogged. And and who peed longer, Tom Hanks or Austin Powers? Ooh, I don't know. Once he was from, yeah. Tom Hanks has a lot of peeing roles. He does. He does. Burbs. Mm hmm. Forrest Gump. Yep. Apollo 11. Or is it Apollo 13? Which one did, is Apollo, Apollo 13? 13, yeah. Sorry, he didn't land on the moon. No. Nope, he got lost in space. <laughs> Speaking of dubbing, when I was younger, I thought it was Gina Davis dressed as an older woman. Oh, yeah, the dubbing's beginning. pretty on point. It's almost, it's it's so good, it's almost weird. <laughs> you know? Yes. Like that, yeah. Yeah. And she kind of looks like Gina Davis. Right, and yeah. It's the, like, this is her dressed up in like really good old makeup. Yeah. But it's no, it's a it's a different actor, and same with the and then Lori Petty dubs the older Kit, and it's a interest. Like, do we really need that? Like, the voices to be there. It's a interesting choice, but Gina Davis, which I wonder this old woman was cast before because this was Deborah Winger's part. Yes, and Gina Davis was a like. Week before production, two weeks before production, replacement for Deborah Winger, and I, Deborah Winger's nineties probably look a whole lot different if she does this movie. But Davis, like I get Deborah Winger and Kit, probably more sister like 
the type of actress Deborah Wingers would fit more the rough and tumble softball player, but Gina Davis brings this more like pinup looking girl to it mm-hmm. than than Winger would have brought to it, and she kind of fits the idealized by the male like what those you know like if you made a poster of a generic softball girl from that time, Gina Davis would have that look. Deborah Winger, she'd have like the real life person you met look, and she right. definitely feels. Her and Lori Petty would feel more like sisters just kind of in their styles, but they Dina Davis is dynamite here. Like I can't imagine any I can get why they cast Deborah Winger, but and poor Lori Petty had to dye her hair because I don't know if we buy them as sisters. But Yeah. And, but I I kinda buy it. It was she dyed it just oh yeah. enough, you know. Oh, and she they got did. good they have good chemistry. Right. They have they have yeah. really good chemistry where they Visually, they look at odds with each other. Winger, they would have looked more paired together. And apparently, Brooke Shields was who this was written with in mind, who passed. And Demi Moore was in consideration, but she got pregnant. And which Demi Moore, I think, would be more of a kit than a Dottie. But those were oh, the, wow. the. And then you, you can read like any popular actress at the time was in consideration for them. Like I, most of those. I saw Jim Belushi was. In consideration for Tom Hanks. And it's like, no one should ever have been in consideration except for Tom Hanks. No. He's so perfect. They're he all so perfect. great. They're all so great. Dina Davis, like, just amazing here. Like, it's, I think it's underappreciated how great she is in this. She's so into this role. Like, it's. it's and she crazy. had less time to prep compared yeah. to the other girls. And she was still able to basically, she ended up being like one of the best athletes out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So glad they, I'm glad they, gosh, when she does the splits and catches the foul ball again, every girl growing up, we're doing that. We all tried to do it. Couldn't really do the splits. So it turned out to be really awkward, but we'd always try. Right. And that's, that's part of like a montage where they're like showing girls having fun, play, making it, they're, they're kind of giving, giving the finger to what they're supposed to do by doing all these exaggerated things. That's a really fun montage I like about the movie. Yeah, they mentioned Tom Hanks. Uh, you know, there are, of course, other actors, but that's who Penny Marshall really wanted. He thought he was too young for it. But it's funny, you know, this is Tom Hanks in a different period. This is right before Sleepless in Seattle and Philadelphia, and then he changed it. Like, he becomes this, we see him differently following that. But this was still in his, like, oh, rom-com guy, comedic actor more than that. I mean, he's coming off Bonfire of the Vanities, which was a disaster. So this is a really nice bounce back for him. But I'm older than him now than when he made this movie, and that feels really weird. Oh, don't say that. I don't really know. Weird. We're kids. We watched this when we were kids. Right. And we're still kids. Right. Yeah. Weird. But he's he's fantastic and just funny. There's yeah. one moment when he's sitting when he starts to drive the bus after it breaks. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't break down. Stillwell Angel causes the driver to quit. Mm-hmm. Stillwell, that little shit. Uh, but right. Tom Hanks, when he kisses the Miss Gulch looking oh, yeah, yep. uh, character, when he turns around, I love you in the Wizard of Oz, he kind of has like a Forrest Gump vibe there. And right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's way before Forrest. It is. It's uh, a couple of years. Yeah. 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 He'll just dominate. He'll be America. He's on his way to America's Tom Hanks. And this is one of his signature roles. Um, you know, there's no crying in baseball. Of course, we got to mention that. Oh, my gosh. Such a, that is just the line. That is probably one of the most that's the well, that is the most iconic line from this movie. Right. It's probably easily top 100. They did a top 50. One of those AFI things. And it was like number 54, I think. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. 
you say League of Their Own. Some, if you're in a group of like five people, somebody's going to say there's no crying in baseball. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no getting out of that. And it's a fun scene. And there's a callback scene to it where he tries to be nice and strong. Mm-hmm. And- you're still not hitting the cutoff. Yeah, to work on that in the off season. It's like, yeah. thank you, Mister Dugan. And he's got the he's got the story arc that just makes you like, oh, and this is why you love Tom Hanks because mm-hmm. he plays these roles, and you're like, oh, and he just, and then at the end, of course, when you see he's deceased, and you're like, oh, he's like, old. He was old. <laughs> I'm sure like, it's okay. It's like I want to see what old man him look like, but just he, the, oh yeah, Tom Hanks is like that natural rom com vibe, mm-hmm. like. Also watching as a kid, I think I used to want him and Gina Davis in the movie, like him and Dottie to get together for some reason. So did the studio execs, but they and they shot oh, some stuff no. to appease them, but ultimately cut stuff away. Yeah, they, I'm like, glad they didn't. Yeah, I like, like the pater- platonic relationship where in the, uh, the platonic, like a friendship forged through a love of a kind of a sport and learning right. each other afterwards, I think is a great story rather than just, oh, well, they had a thing. Right. There was respect there. You can be mm-hmm. friends and yeah. And be the opposite sex. It's okay. It's okay. People can be friends. Just because just cause attractive man and attractive woman are on screen doesn't mean they have to get together all the time. Because attractive boy and attractive boy are on screen a lot in Marvel movies and they don't hook up. So I mean, <laughs> you know, That's true. That happens. There's also like Lori Petty here. I like Lori Petty a lot. I she was up and coming till Tank Girl, and then that bombs, and then nobody uses her again. For I love Tank Girl. Who doesn't? I love such a Tank fun movie. Girl. Another great song from that movie, which I know I'm totally derailing. It's is, fine. Yeah, Let's do it. Let's fall in love, which was like an Ella Fitzgerald song, I think. Okay. I love that movie. I love that song. Yeah, totally Tank derailing. Girl's good stuff. <laughs> But no, she was up. I mean, this is her after Point Break. She'd been doing, she'd been put as a guest star on a lot of TV shows, like to build her up in like the 80s. It was funny because I've been reviewing Head of the Class seasons on DVD for Why So Blue. And in season two, she showed up for a couple episodes in a row. I'm like, oh, this is them trying to be like, this is a, this is a thing. But with her, I, when I see her, like, there's like this weird sort of like evolutionary chain of an, a certain type of actress. Like in the 70s, there was like, Margot Kidder, and then here comes Karen Allen, and then here's Lori Petty, and then after Lori Petty's like Courtney Cox, because if you watch Point Break, you're like, she looks like like Courtney Cox's like sister or something. They just have this like face or something together, and like there's just and it like, but she kind of fits the mold of like a Karen Allen did in the early '80s and like later late '70s, and then it goes to Lori Petty, and she's got that, and then it passes like Courtney Cox has like that look as well with them, but. It's really strange, but yeah, Lori Petty was like a big thing for like late 80s to like mid 90s was like Tank Girl. And then just... uh, let's not forget about In the Army Now with Polly Shore. Oh, that's right. In the Army Now. Yeah, she was in there. Andy that was in Dick. that run. That was in that Love run. Love that movie. Gosh. Speaking of Andy Dick, a guy who hates Andy Dick, John Lovitz. <laughs> I love punched John him. Lovitz. John oh. Lovitz in this movie. Every line he says is pure gold. And you know what happened? You know what's crazy? His part was bigger, and this was made in the editing room. Like oh they, wow! He was supposed to be a bit more. It was a bit more of a dramatic role, a bit more involved. And when they did test screenings, the people were just losing at his lines or something like that. So they made a cut that just kept him down to the bare essentials of his 
comedic parts and yeah. it, ki- it killed every time they showed it. So they kept it that way. That makes sense. You know what? If you have it too much, it's not as delightful. It's just so great right. in the beginning. Every, like mm-hmm. we'll pay you $75 a week. We only make 30 at the dairy. Well, <laughs> this would be more than wouldn't it? It's just pure <laughs> sarcasm. And then my absolute, well, my other favorite, and this is what Donnie and I will always say is you see the way it works is the train moves, not the station. <laughs> like, absolutely love it. Well, it, it also, it, before he heads out, the uh, gotta go home. Blah, 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 give my give give the wife a little pickle tickle and be on my way. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, when I was rewatching this, I think I missed this part before when he's on the train and like um, Kit and Dottie are running to catch the mm-hmm. train or the bus or no, it's the train. And he's like, well, I can give it to the ladies. They can run. But he's like leaning over on this woman. And she's like, sir, your knee. And he goes, you like? Or something yes. like that. And I never caught that before. Oh, my gosh. And it's just so subtle. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Oh. Everything that came out, everything that came out of his mouth was just It's typically genius. the thing I like. I like. Did you ever watch High School High? Oh, my gosh. I think when it first came oh, out. Yeah. I, I liked it. No. I liked uh, it is that what they did? The rhinestone, rhinestone cowboy? Yep. And he's like. Puts the album on. And he hang glides off the top of a convertible. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't care what John Lovitz is in. Like, he popped up on an episode of Married with Children I was mm. watching as a TV executive. And he's just <laughs> ruthless. And some guy is saying, hey, sir, I'm thinking about moving here and buying a house. Is the TV show safe? Like, are we good for the mm-hmm. season or should I, you know, not buy? He's like, Buy it, kid. You're gold. Like next season's great. Blah blah blah. And he turns to the Bundys and he's like, "I canceled it this morning." <laughs> <laughs> like everything John Lovitz oh, does is so funny. He's so smarmy. Oh, and even even John Lovitz. And I think it's probably this one. This one has a pretty like patriotic like score to it. This movie, but even when they go through the Hall of Fame at the end and they go buy his picture, you kind of mm-hmm. get like a little heartfelt for it. You're like, oh yeah, I remember oh, at the beginning and the of the little movie. Old man. That's in front of it turns. He's got the cigar. The cigar. He's still there. Yes, like he's there. Like, oh, there he is. Oh, uh, John Lovitz came in to the show last year. I think it was last year before the COVID stuff. Maybe it's 2019. Mm-hmm. But him being in the building in person, I was like, okay, don't lose your cool. Don't bug him. Be a professional. You don't care. I know Josh... Well, Josh is on the air. He can do whatever he wants. He right. asking for an autograph. I was like, just if, you know, he wants to make conversation, that's great, whatever. Mm-hmm. He brought his dog with him. I pet the dog. That was cool. And then he left. And I was like, oh, I love you. It's, it's like you were the critic. Everything John Lovitz does. Oh, gosh. No, I, I yeah. It. And then Saturday, we Saturday Night Saturday. Live. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, gosh. Didn't he? What was his? Uh, they tried to make him have a character with a line, and it failed. It's one of the like the most like, what was it? Yeah, that's the ticket. That's the ticket. That was that's it. The ticket. That's the ticket. Yes. Uh, oh. Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting about him in the wedding singer, John Lovitz. Oh and yeah, that character. That character. Thank so- you. Or should I thank Linda? Oh, he's like, he's losing his mind, dude. His ladies' night is. A thing of wonder when he shows up in the movie and it's that you're like, this is, this is, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Ah, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of who my favorite character is in this entire movie because everyone is so great. John mm-hmm. Lovitz might be my little hidden gem. 
Well, I, I think the the reason I think this movie works so well and stands tall is that like every single character feels like they're important. They feel like they have depth, and it isn't like the scenes aren't always like a main character plus side character or smaller character. It trusts everybody to carry whatever thing they're shooting. Like they give a lot to Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell to like carry scenes and they're side characters. There's even Mm -hmm. like the ones, I mean the moment of the girl that can't read at the thing is not led by any of the main characters. It's witnessed and you really get to see them on the bus. You get to see them in the hotel and they all they you remember all of them they all have a quality they all have uh, like just a sense of you get a lot from them with maybe not a whole lot on paper but visually physical acting just like everybody feels important in this and you remember all the little people you remember um, they do have like fun names too but i think right. there, there's more to it and it just while the leads are carrying the film the it fills out very well with the side characters and they're just, they feel just as important. They feel like they have a history to them as well. And I, I think the cool thing is when they go in the hall of fame, it's not Dottie or Kit that's in the front of it. It's the mom one with the little shithead hitting the ball, but. Oh yeah. Well, that's, Oh my God. When Stillwell Angel's like mom mm-hmm. passed. And then he's mm-hmm. like looking at pictures of Evelyn from back in the day. And again, mm-hmm. tears, whatever. Oh Yeah. But yeah, every single character, every player on the team had a role, whether it's Alice, who doesn't change her socks and she fills in for Dottie mm-hmm. uh, for most of the games, the World Series. That's cool, Dottie. Or Helen, who is really good at making copy. But Helen also has one of my top five lines from the movie, which is <laughs> after Dottie and Kit are getting into it because, you know, Dottie's like, they were supposed to trade me. I didn't yes. want you to get traded to Racine. Helen comes out knowing nothing about what's going on. And she's just like, has anyone seen my new red hat? Yes. I love- oh, piss on your hat. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So funny. Oh, and then again, Evelyn, who can't hit the cutoff. And she might have one of my other favorite quotes from the movie that I end up saying a lot whenever someone's, you know, I mess up really bad. She's mm-hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> But that's when she misses the cutoff in the World Series. Yeah. And there's a real, like, camaraderie that's, like, rare to get with such a big group of people on film. Like, I want to believe, like, I know Madonna did not have a good time, but I want to believe they did. Like, that there were problems. All sports teams, right? And I don't know if it's worth, I don't know how an all-guys team works, but Mm -hmm. as a female team, I played softball, soccer, basketball, and especially the softball team, because I went through college, um, and I was a pitcher. Mm Mm-hmm. We all, it was a, yeah, camaraderie. You all get along. You're still going to bicker within your group sometimes. So like, mm-hmm. you know, you got Dottie and Kit. They're always kind of whatever. Cause Kit's constantly jealous of her older sister who is great at everything. She's right. perfect, beautiful. And no one looks at Kit while Dottie's in the picture. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's something, there's special. It's something special. And when you watch this, you feel it. Uh, yeah. I think guys appreciate this movie. Um, I- not just girls. They should. It's like one of the, I I'd put it up in top sports movies of all time. Like definitely the baseball in it works. It's exciting to watch. They film it well. It reminded me sort of the framing stuff kind of reminds me a little of the natural a bit, but it's got its own thing to it. Just I mean style, but that was of they're both of that era, so coverage was probably similar when shooting. Why didn't Madonna have a good time? I didn't know about this. So they would entertain 
people in the stands during breaks and stuff and warm-ups like like Rosie O'Donnell would do some stand-up they'd do different kind of ways to uh, Tom Hanks would go out and do things but Madonna would refuse to like sing or anything of their songs she was sick of people asking her for autographs and there's a there's a letter that has been released that she wrote during the time when she was in Chicago not in Indiana at the time, but she was complaining about no attractive men in the city, that she's a bigger star than anyone in the movie, and why is she relegated to this? And at the time, she was bigger than Tom Hanks. She was the biggest, she was probably globally the biggest person in the movie, but if you go in film sense, uh, this is Gina still Gina is still bigger than her, because Thelma and Louise... Well, that that's was not yet. This, right? No, that's not yet. What? I, I don't think that's yet. Uh, Thelma Louise isn't yet. Gina well, Davis Beetlejuice was, happened, right? Beetlejuice happened, and she was an Oscar winner at this time too. She. Oh uh, well, you got an Oscar. You already are like above. Yeah, but but, but Madonna was at Michael Jackson status here. So if she's singing, but not actress, if she's singing, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, that's why. Yeah, so it's like you're playing baseball and you're acting. It's all on your yeah. well, skill. She, she didn't like because they didn't wear a bunch of makeup a lot. She had to go more regular face. She didn't like that. She's getting dirty. She just was unhappy during this movie. She apparently that makes forged, me sad. forged a great sure. friendship with Rosie O'Donnell during it, but did not. I did not enjoy herself on it, oh. which is a shame. And I heard that most of the bruises that people got were legit. Yeah, they were. Like, yeah, when filming this and I, the girl that slid into third. I think that might have been Alice. Mm-hmm. but she has that big welt and they go okay I lift it up and perfect they take a yeah. picture giant that's so real again in high school we played mm-hmm. we had shorts on when we played softball and you try to wear sliding shorts and a sliding pad whatever but it didn't matter you could still get gravel right up there and oh my goodness it's like right the of a sliding bruise oh it's relatable and it's sad that Madonna was frumpy about getting dirty you're making a movie about baseball this is one of the biggest movies of her career too and even um, when I watch it, it's like, oh, these women have beautiful makeup on during the games. And mm-hmm. I think, I don't know if it's, a, and again, this is a self-conscious thing, I guess. When we were playing softball, I always tried to wear makeup and do my hair nice, wear like my little blingy earrings when I pitched. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really do the ribbon, but it's like, I wanted to like look pretty when I played sports and I don't know if it's because of this movie, like how they try to doll you up because we want you to look attractive when you play. So guys can take an interest, but at the same time, it kind of does make you feel good. Like empowered. I think to put on makeup, not that I can wear lipstick. I just (laughs) chew that right off or I'll sweat off my makeup. So it's really awkward. And then I think some girls would do it because they're like, well, I don't want to look like a lesbian. It's like, eh, who cares if you do? Cause you're playing sports. Like this, like, when people have their hair down all the time, it drives me crazy. Like, let's be real. You got your hair in a ponytail or in a bun. I put my hair down for this just so I could try to look presentable. But <laughs> ultimately, it would be like, like this, you know? There you go, yeah. So get rugged, get dirty. Did this even make sense or was that just a ramble? Am I drinking I enjoyed too much? It. <laughs> I enjoyed so it. Long story short, shut up, Madonna. You're welcome <laughs> for this movie. Yes, definitely. But she, I mean, she provided us, she did a song for the soundtrack. It's probably in her contract. Oh, I do love that song. Which, sorry, folks, on Friday, it is not the music video we're discussing because the music video is pretty, la- pretty lame. Because I went through that video and it's just a f- 
someone flipping through a picture book and Madonna singing like she's bored as hell. Like, this Aww. used to be my place. And then, uh, then when it gets to the bridge or whatever, it's got clips from the movie, but yeah. it's a rather static music video. And Just watch the credits of the movie and it's better. Yeah. Which the, the credits of the movie feature real women that actually played in mm-hmm. the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. Right. But if you listen to my soundtrack episode, like the Faith Hill song on Con, Con Air, this one is not on the soundtrack album if you bought it because Madonna had a different record label. Um, Are you and kidding it me? put it in there. And so it could be used for promotion, but it could not be put on the album. I didn't know that. It's right. kind of weird. Yeah. So I, I think it's pretty clear now, but I remember when I first saw this movie, I wasn't sure if Dottie in the finale dropped the ball on purpose or actually dropped the ball. I also debated this as a youngster. I was mm-hmm. very competitive athlete. So part of me was like, she came back because she wants to win. Like she wants to be like, no, I love this game and I have mm-hmm. to win because I love the game. And then I realized she did it all for her sister and she came back to make sure her sister knows that she earned it. She totally dropped it on purpose. I mm. used to be so bitter about it. Uh, but it's that overall story of love between sisters. And she wasn't going to keep playing. You know, she doesn't care. She wanted to start a family and have kids, Dottie. And Kit loved the game and wanted to stay in it. So I noticed this time, I watched it twice. I sometimes do that with this, and this is just a good enough movie. That early on in one of the montage things, they play Racine, and there is the exact moment at home plate with her. It's when Kit is still on. They're still Kit's still a peach, but there's a collision at the plate, exactly like it, with but a with bigger player. Bigger player. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to like. So that's why I'm like, they're supposed to. I guess they're supposed to be. Well, she, you know, she withstood that. She could withstand that. But then I'm like. Mm-hmm. Did she drop it on purpose because they showed us she could hold on to it with a bigger player, but with Kit, she dropped it. But Right. And you know what? Like watching it again, I never really paid attention in the beginning, but as older Dottie is leaving for Cooperstown with her daughter, she tells the oldest grandson to let his little brother get a shot in because they're playing right. basketball in the driveway. Mm-hmm. And then she calls the youngest grandson over and she goes, Kill him. Like, oh, yeah, try yeah. to get, boost him up. Like, you know, take down your older brother. Don't be afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, just because you're older, which that's actually a right. really good point and a really good story. <laughs> and the competitive person in me is like, don't you want to win, Dottie? But no, her ultimate win is making her sister happy. And, and making her sister a superstar. Yeah. Because John Lovitz didn't want Kit. Mm-mm. He only wanted Dottie. And Jimmy Dugan knows it at the end because, you know, Dottie's like looking on as everyone's chanting, Kit, Kit, Kit. Right. She's kind of got this like appreciation face, like, I'm happy for you. This is this is what I wanted. And Jimmy's kind of just like, I know what you do. That's fine. That's great. <laughs> you know? Right. I don't know if any of the other players notice. But again, she missed the rest of the World Series and she shows up in the end just to clutch the victory for Racine. Yeah. It's still competitive. I don't like it. Uh, but I like that she helps her sister, but she should have played the entire seat, like the entire series. Right. No, she, you're right. You're right. Speaking of championships, it opened number two at the box office to Batman Returns was still making its run, but people liked it. So the next weekend, it wound up not dropping very much and took the number one spot. 
from oh, wow. Batman Returns. So very successful movie, uh, made a lot of money. And it, I mean, it wound up about nine years ago, got put in the National Film Re- Registry as historically significant. Oh, wow. It's had its legacy. But yeah, but it was a crazy thing. I'm like, oh, well, I saw this the same summer I saw Batman Returns. Okay. I do like Batman Returns. Oh, That's yeah. probably my favorite. Yeah. I love Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. So you got to see Catwoman one weekend and then Dottie the next. It's like, wow, power. Even as a pitcher, I was like, I want Kit to do well, but I just couldn't handle anyone throwing mm-hmm. the game. And I get yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Like, uh, I think it's, except as a kid, you're like, oh, yeah, all this happened. And then as an adult, you're kind of like more attuned to what would go into what happened. And you're like, right. hold on. Yeah. and I'm glad she dropped it. Yeah. I'm just still young Jessica at heart that's like, whining about it like why the hell did she drop the ball uh-huh. like literally yeah and on purpose but now i'm like i get it i get it mm. i'm a grown adult emotional stuff yeah it's all good this spawned a tv series did you ever watch the tv series i didn't know this yeah no uh, it ran for five episodes before it was canceled they made they shot six and that sixth one didn't air but they had Tracy Nelson, Megan Cavanaugh, Tracy Reiner, and Gary Marshall reprised their roles from the movie. Carrie Lowell, who was the Bond girl from License to Kill, she played Dottie in it. Sam McMurray, very notable jerk dad in things from the 90s and 80, late 80s. He was the uh, Jimmy. And Christina Leese, the foster sister from Child's Play 2, and she was in 90210 for a bit. She played Kit in it and penny marshall directed the pilot and tom hanks directed one episode in it as well oh wow i had like where can i watch this i probably can find it on youtube i I would imagine there's a lot of shows that like spun off of movies and didn't do like they're that i've found i know i remember clueless Clueless. ran for a while though i tried to watch it because it's on tgif i feel like uh, it was like or Saturday morning too, or something like that. It was like with the Saved by the Bell, California Dreams type. Yeah, oh, I shows. love California Dreams. The uh, like there was like a Ferris Bueller TV show that didn't last long. That's all, and yeah. you can find that. On, I found that on YouTube. Uh, there's the Uncle Buck television show. There's a Working Girl sitcom show. <laughs> it's insane. Like people, people are like, oh, they're making a movie into like a, a series. And I'm like, that's always been a thing. Yeah. Always been a thing. And like, yeah, League of Their Own. Also, Amazon is creating a new series or working on it. They announced last August. So it'll be a TV show again. Yeah. Um, I guess I forgot David Lander. He was in Laverne and Shirley. So okay. he was also in A League of Their Own. He was one of the sportscasters, the radio sportscasters at some of the games. Okay. Which I like him. But I just love Penny Marshall. I love Penny. Mm-hmm. I love Gary. I love that they work together. Yeah. Hocus Pocus even. Like they show up and they're like, I supposed to be husband and wife, I think. It's kind of weird. But mm-hmm. yeah, I love all the Penny Marshall stuff. And there's another, oh, there's a song from this, the very beginning of League of Their Own. And it's by Carol King. I'm trying to think what it's called. I wrote it down because I didn't pay attention before. But Carol King, she sings one of my favorite random 90s songs, You Could Have Been Anyone at All, which is on the You've Got Mail soundtrack with Tom Hanks. Okay. It plays at the end. Now and Forever. Okay. By Carol King. I love that song, too. I think I just love Carol King, so I don't know if it's just a random Tom Hanks connection. It works. Yeah. This one, I got to admit, like, so 
I watched, I saw it in the theater and I probably saw it like once or twice on like video or TV or something when I was growing up. And then I spa- like I had a distance between watching it uh, for like, the longest time. And Sony last year put out a 4K set of movies called the Columbia Classics Collection Volume 1. And it was the way I was most excited. Oh, Lawrence of Arabia was coming to 4K Ultra HD finally. So it included Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, Lawrence of Arabia, Dr. Strangelove, Gandhi, uh, League of Their Own, and Jerry Maguire. And when they announced the set, I was like, well, they're divvying up like a League of Their Own. And like, Jerry, I was like, Jerry Maguire. I was like, oh, well, I'm get, I'll am get this set. You know, anyway. And I put League of Own. I showed it to my children. I'm like, they're they'll like they loved it. By Aww. the way, I didn't expect. It. They thought it was uh, awesome. But I was like, oh my gosh, this is really great. Like, what was I fucking? I just guess distance and like everybody likes it type thing. And I've been really high on it since. And it's actually I want like I really enjoyed watching it on the set. Gandhi, no, I did not enjoy going back to that one. Aaron Newerth, I uh, guess the show calls it White Toast, and he is right. It's well made and stuff but whew, i'm cool with uh, gandhi but league of their own i was very high on after watching that so i was like so i've been so now i've seen it like three times since getting the set it came out like last summer the set came out and like it, oh, it's really great cleaned up in 4k ultra hd and i've been like really high on the movie again since so it was like and that and jerry Maguire too the two of them the set when it got announced i was like I get it. They're trying to vary years and like, you know, not just like all like dude movies all the time. And then those two are the ones like I was like really warm to like Jerry Maguire, like blew me away. I was like, oh, yeah, this is really fucking great, too. I guess I was just looking for some like super old classics. And then I got ones from my era that I just I think I wandered from appreciation over the years and have rediscovered them like this. So definitely back big and i was happy you named that i was like oh i would love to talk about a league of their own right now because i'm very big on a league of their own yeah Um, well the first one i said was don't tell mom the babysitter's dead and yes just recorded that one (laughs) oh well the funny thing is i told greg when when i was like i was like oh let's do that one because like i I, and i told him i was like i don't think anyone's ever gonna pick like this so this is a good pick and then right after (laughs) it's like wow okay it's just another movie that I think of randomly from my childhood that like, cause a lot of people watch the league of their own. Yeah. But not that many people that I knew watched. Don't tell mom the babysitter's Apparently set. a lot did. Cause when I said I was doing it, like because those city are and probably stuff. like, finally I have someone to talk to. It's almost like right. you either had to have eight. I don't know what it was on HBO or something that it we was, watched it or we yeah. rented it. But damn, that was a good movie. Yeah. Great movie. So it was league of their own. Yes. Oh my gosh, I forgot about the Charm and Beauty School. They, oh yeah, we didn't talk, yeah. They actually made players do this. That this is real, factual. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's ridiculous because I don't think I could walk with a book on my head, but that was another quote that I think all of us would do, which is right over left, <laughs> legs together, yeah. a lady reveals nothing. Ah. And this is one of the spot places you spot Taylioni. Like, oh, they're, like, they're putting her in there. Well, like, it's like just, Give her lines like they're like, yo, we just have this pretty face right here. <laughs> and it's funny, I went from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, which has David Duchovny, and then to mm-hmm. one with Taylor Leone the next week, ex husband and wife. <laughs> Interesting jump right there. <sighs> to all the ladies that played softball <laughs> or sports, you know, we just, we all have this understanding. There's, a, there's something about watching this movie that you connect with. And, mm-hmm. 
I wrote down way too many things that I don't need to talk about. Stillwell Angel is just a little turd. And not that I'm for child abuse, but when Tom Hanks hits him in the face with a glove, we're all excited about it. You know, you're going to lose. Like, we're going to win. So it's great. And I think it's a good movie, like for like all like there's different appreciation levels for every age. Like I think all ages can watch it, and I think it's got a different enjoyment, and you can get something different from it from each age too. Yeah, really and I do. Like that. I forgot. Oh my gosh, they touch on the fact that you know African American women they didn't get to play. No, yeah, African Americans didn't get to play in general. But like having one of the women throw in a ball and you know bypassing Dottie the mm-hmm. catcher to throw it all the way to the pitcher and then just nailing it. It's like yeah. So I'm glad they addressed that also. It's one of the things that as a kid, I was like, well, why isn't she playing? And mm-hmm. I didn't even really get it. I didn't well, I also it. think if you're going to do another League of Their Own, like rebrand, like there's your story right there. Make it about, you know, that set, like them getting to play baseball um, yeah. rather than just doing the same Dottie and Kit thing again, you know. Right. So that, I mean, we already have that perfected. I mean, when you do period piece movies, you kind of have it down already. It's not like, oh, you're improving an old movie like that was made then, you know. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe that's, I think that'd be a great in story right there if you're going to bring back League of Their Own and try yeah. to make it in some sort of modern relevance. What else? This is where we talk about other things we got going on, what we've watched, read, listened to, you know the other things the what else things so jessica what else oh i just started the americans and it's actually good no it, well actually good that show was amazing for years who, who... i didn't start it when it was out it's one of those things where i'm watching other things and when other promos for shows come out i'm kind of like, get out of here don't tell me to watch this like when i'm watching the walking dead and amc is like into the badlands i'm like i'll watch it on my own terms stop yeah. forcing this so it's kind of like I resent the, the comic show. book men. I'm like, stop making me watch things. I'll watch turn when I'm ready. But with this was on FX and I completely missed it. I don't remember what I was watching on FX that I chose not to watch the Americans mm-hmm. for some reason. Uh, maybe it was American Horror Story. I don't know. Uh, but I finally started watching it. And holy crap, I got over Carrie Russell being Felicity so fast. Oh, yeah. Like she's amazing. And you've got beloved character actress Margot Martindale in there. So what's not to love? And you got Matthew Reese, who's on Perry Mason now. That's oh, really yeah. good. You know what? I for a second when I saw uh, Mr. Matthew, mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute, is this the guy that's on Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead that drives the uh ah, truck? Just, that's and I had just to look it up. And I was like, no, it's not, but it kind of looked like him for some reason. And maybe gotcha. I just constantly have Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead on the brain. Yeah. To me, he looks like he could be like Andrew Lincoln's goofy cousin. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. And they're both British. And if you want to demystify Matthew Reese, listen to him talk in his native accent. It's weird. He's got a really light voice. (laughs) I used to really talk. I never heard his real voice. (laughs) Yeah. But America's is phenomenal. It's one of the best shows of the last decade. Like, so I was just having a conversation recently with some people like FX is a network like I will give anything they put out a chance. Like, and I think they go, everybody knows their shows, they get awards and stuff, but I think they're like underappreciated in that I think they have as good an output 
as HBO since like HBO had Sopranos and stuff. Like I think they've had they've had like The Shield, they've had Fargo, Always Sunny, like everything's good on there. Like most most of the time, something's pretty great on there. Give or take how people feel about American Horror Stories because everybody seems to like one, hate one. All it's an anthology, so it goes that way. But I always like I think their track record is like way underappreciated. And better than like your Netflixes. And so like anything I see from them, I'm like, oh, I will give it a shot. Yeah. But that one's one of their best. Like I definitely, you're going to, you got some great stuff ahead of you. Yeah. I'm almost done with season one. So there you go. Very exciting. Each season, very good. So there, I don't think there was a lull and it ended when it was supposed to. So what are you watching right now? I'm going to point out because I've I've gone kind of through it. I had the Fellini box set from Criterion. So it's 14 Federico Fellini films through his career. I finished it. It's done. So I won't be updating any more on that. But (laughs) I think I had three films to go last time I said something. But uh, the one I want to point out from those three is one I'd never seen. It's from 1983. It's called And the Ship Sails On. And it's it was amazing. It's like, it was like, Wes Anderson, I bet, really likes this film because it's very much plays like one of his. It's weird. It's got characters like his movies. It's about these. So this opera singer or some famous opera singer, something like she dies. She wants these specific people to take her on this cruise ship to dump her ashes at this wacky island. And it's kind of it has this reporter that's covering it. And you're kind of through him. He talks to the camera a bunch to lead you in. But it starts... The cool thing is it starts like a silent movie from like the 1920s in the opening scene. And as the opening scene builds up, it like goes through every era of like a Hollywood up to just being a 1983 film from it's from people arriving at the ship to load. But it, it just naturally does this thing and becomes color and you don't even realize it, it becomes like a it, it goes from like tight having cards when people talk to. Uh, turning into like a musical for a second, like the fifties or whatever. And it's just, it's pretty stunning. Just the opening 20 minutes of this thing. I was just like, wow. wow. And it's, it's definitely got the Wes Anderson quirk to it. It's got silly little characters and it's, oh, and it has a kind of a, it, it handles a rough ending in a very uh, delightful way. Uh, I was stunned by, it's like one of my favorite films in the whole freaking set. It's up there with like eight and a half and uh, nice Caberia and La Dolce Vita for me. So I was, I was really stunned by that one. I, and I hadn't seen it before and I was like, all right, two to go, and just floored me on a Saturday afternoon. So I've completed that set. <laughs> and the, the the one after it was okay. It was a good film to cap it off because it's this kind of like fake. It's a movie that's kind of like a uh, like fake about him making a movie. It's not like a documentary or anything, but it's about him making some movie and following some people around on the sets and stuff. But uh, it's it's okay. But this one, yeah. And The Ship Sails On was awesome. I also saw Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Good, bad. Great for the kids. Did they yeah, like it? Great for the kids. Yep. Great for Perfect. the kids. Great for the kids. You know, people doing what they do. Colin Jost was in it. It's weird. Oh, wow. My kids were like, it's that guy from Saturday Night Live. I was like, yep. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So, that, I guess that's what my what else is going to be. The Fellini set. Because, yeah. Very happy What's your next set that you want to dive into i've got a hammer horror set that i got for christmas it's got 20 hammer films on there i already owned like four of them but 
go through them again. It's just like, it, it's uh, actually, instead of just, well, it's not Hammer Horror. Well, Hammer's known for horror, but this set kind of diversifies and shows, like there's a Robin Hood movie that Hammer did that's in there, and it's got plenty of the horror ones, but it goes throughout their, kind of gives you a good smorgasbord of everything they did rather than just straight horror all the time. So Nice. And yeah, so it goes to my collecting every Hammer horror movie on Blu-ray. <laughs> easily in one twenty thing set but there's still more to go i've got that and i have an ingmar bergman set from a couple years ago that has 39 films on it and i think i only got through six before i got away from it for some reason but yeah those are big sets to get through and i like to think i have time but i don't have time to get through them a lot i don't know how you get through what you do (laughs) i don't know how you do it i don't know What's a TV show I need to watch after The Americans? Oh. Even though I've got some seasons. I'll take recommendations because uh, I love it? having something to look forward to. Did you ever if, watch Justified? No. And I, I Okay. That's actually on the list and <clears throat> that's I'm another FX because, show. That's uh, really good. Yes. I have The Wire to watch, uh, Justified. I've never watched The Sopranos. Oh. Watch I it. Ha- it's one of those where I was so far behind that I couldn't ever really jump in. Mm. And then it's like, well, do I have time to watch a series? No. Even though I still have time to watch series. I watch series gotcha. all the time. But I started to watch episode one. I'm like, you know what? I'm not ready to commit. Gotcha. It's almost like I have to dedicate my time to it. I think it's episode like, there's like a really, so it's in the first season, there's like episode three or four of The Sopranos that made me just like, it's like I dive deep in. It's um, It's like very standalone. And uh, like you'll know it because Tony takes his daughter to, on a college visit, and it's amazing. It's like one of my favorite episodes of like TV, just good TV in one shot, boom, and it kind of shows the potential of everything Sopranos can be in one episode. But yeah, that was the one that got me. Like I think it's season one when you did that, but that shows if you like Breaking Bad. Did you see? Oh yeah, Sopranos is like the OG of that kind of series, focusing on that flawed character who's bad, but you're like in a vice for you like you don't want to see right. them caught and shit like that oh but. for sure and the, even like the americans i'm like mm-hmm. i'm just gonna start watching this and i think it's because tom at work he always talks about it's like the one show he did watch anything you recommend uh, like, but he loved that and then he told gotcha. um another girl to watch it and i trust her opinion because she mm-hmm. gives me a lot of great recommendations she said she loved it so i was like all right i'll get through gotcha. this and i can't remember if it was episode six or seven of season one but there's an episode where like, you know, even Carrie Russell just goes total badass and you're like, oh, damn. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'll stick around. Okay, I get that. <laughs> and I know that's how most shows are. Like mm-hmm. you can't just watch the first episode and go, meh. Well, that's why I usually give them like four or five in a first season because a pilot episode usually crams everything. It's like a weird pace to it. And yeah, but yeah, Justified, I'll say like, so that one's great. It right when it starts to stumble, stumble a little bit, it realizes it and then the next season it's over like and and the last season's good so but like it just kind it's not bad it's just kind of like i think we're out of gas i think Um, i think or it's like where it's hinting that it might be out of gas but oh is my best friend kitty sackoff in that justified no that's longmire yes i think that's the one that's another one i want to watch i feel like katie and i'd be best friends there you go okay i had i never got to meet her but i had a friend Whose friend dated her? Okay, I was dating her, and they like she's so nice. Um, but uh, she seems nice. Yeah, 
Um, that's yeah, but I guess she apparently really is because they said like I never would be there when that friend would be there to break like to so yeah. I found myself just down a rabbit hole watching her YouTube channel one day, mm-hmm. and I'm like, look at this girl! Oh my gosh, we'd be best friends. We'd be besties. We'd be watching a League of Their Own together, drinking wine there or you not go. because whatever. Did you watch Battlestar Galactica? No. Oh man, yeah that that one's. I don't know how I haven't. It's one of those I kind of just keep forgetting about, and it's yeah. like. Oh my god! I liked it all the way through. I know some list. people had problems with the final season, but I was fine with it. I, with me, okay. Uh, so here's the thing with me and television shows: I don't expect the perfect finale. Right. Like everybody always builds up. Oh, and, and like Lost, people got really pissed about Lost. But you know what? I enjoyed the fucking ride. Right. I did, and that's what matters to me most. Like. Land okay, but like if I enjoyed, like I enjoyed the hell out of the ride of Lost. I was there to the end. I was I was doing like stupid internet games with them, like <laughs> that they would do, and like and talking to friends about it. And sure, it didn't end perfectly or whatever. But I'm like, dude, it was fun to get there. Like, who at the whose favorite part of the roller coaster is like? Oh, I'll go through here to the exit. Right around the corner, the the Smurf cones are over here, and we no, that's nobody's favorite part of the ride. It's yeah. the ride, and then you get off, and then you're like, okay, I'm safe. Like that's to me, the ride's more important than getting pissed about one episode didn't ruin your entire enjoyment getting up there. Yeah, like, G- Game of Thrones. Come on, people. It's it's, it's like they half ass. Well, that's the whole last season. It's just like they let's. It get needed this two more with, episodes. Is, it's like, it what the been, heck? Yeah. It would have been fine had it had two more episodes. I don't like when series will do filler seasons, like an entire yeah. filler season of like, let's not go off the air. So let's just throw this out there. Or you and could be like, Dallas and say a whole season that that you watched was a dream. <laughs> you could be those assholes. <gasps> oh, man. But then like Dexter. I like Dexter. There's the first a filler four seasons. Season. The, no, the first four seasons of Dexter are great. After that, I think the fifth one's fine. The fourth one was just great. So the fifth one it was like just a step down. It was fine. People got mad because it wasn't here, but it was fine being here. After the, the, the fucking Edward James Almost Ghost Dad season, I so I used to watch Dexter with a group of friends, and that season came, and the first episode, I'm like, oh, dude, he's a fucking ghost, and, and Colin Hanks' head. Like what? Really? I'm like, yeah. It's that's I can t- I can tell you right now. That's what's going on here. That didn't get revealed till like the second the cliffhanger of like the last second to last episode. And we were watching the whole season. We're like, Brandon, I think you're right. Yeah, you're totally right. Like, when they're gonna tell us like soon, right? They're gonna tell us soon. And it was like super obvious to everybody. It was like, oh, oh my god, wow. they think they're so fucking clever. They think, and then. Yeah. It's almost like they could have ended it with season six if they would have planned it. Right. That was Ghost Dad. Was that six. was that was that season. But they could have just like yeah. maybe not done season six. Well, or, yeah, and now uh, now yeah. they're bringing it back because the ending was so good. Um, yeah, it's like oh, uh, just yeah. let it die. Spoiler to whatever oh. happened. Yeah, it's like if you could redeem it, cool. But if you're doing it just to do it, then oh, yeah. I don't know how they'd redeem like oh that ending. That that show was like falling off a cliff, but I was there with it. I was like, we're gonna get the parachute at some point. Like they're gonna, some, oh man. Well, and it's like, well, we're doing two more, and then we're done. I'm like, well, I, I'm in. Like I have to. Like I can't. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, yeah, but you know. But hey, we remember how it ended because it was so bad. Does right. anyone remember the series finale to Bosom Buddies? No. 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 <laughs> Which had Tom Hanks. Yes. No. Oh, uh, okay. Well, let's wrap this up. Um, well, all right. Well, that'll do it for today. Jessica. I mean, it's a pleasure to have you every week here, but actual Jessica, not recorded Jessica, is even better. So thank you for showing up, picking a great movie, and having a good old time. Thanks for letting me ramble on about A League of Their Own and drinking scotch while I'm talking about it. (laughs) There we go. All right. Well, why don't you let everybody know where they can keep up with you? Yeah, well, you can follow me on Twitter at JN Allsman and on Instagram at Jessica Allsman. A-L-S-M-A-N, and I am also on the Bob and Tom Show once a week, usually every Wednesday morning, and of course, the Bob and Tom Show Bits and Pieces podcast, at least that's currently with the podcast I'm involved in, um, and that's found, you know. Can't wait to see what you're doing next time. Wherever you listen to podcasts. (laughs) I, I should be with this one for a while. All right. But you never know. All right. Well, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD. Work at YSOBlue.com. There's more for the Brandon Peters Show this week. But until then, always remember to keep the positivity in your online film chatter. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Alsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. Yeah, I'm just going home, grab a shower and a shave, give the wife a little pickle tickle, and I'm on my way.